in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. I am your co-host, Andy Hart, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Art Stone. Vote. Go vote. www.mrbunkersconspiracytime.com forward slash vote. Right now, do it. Pause the episode. <laughs> Bunkfunkers. Best ofs, 2022, go vote. Seriously, go bunk the vote right now. Bunkfunkers, I don't say this lightly. <laughs> And I don't want you to I don't want you to think that this is just an empty slogan, but vote or die. We have we do know where we know you. No, 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 no. This is a no vote or die. That one. But OK, bug buggers. Best of sorry. I have to put this in because I don't plug I don't have control over. The fucking ads on this platform anymore. And I don't know how to put this in the front of the episode, so I have to put it baked in. Go vote. Best ofs 2022. Vote for your top five episodes of the last year. Make sure your favorite episode makes it into our bunk miss recap. Go vote. Easiest way to find that link again is go to our go to our social media. Instagram.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. There's a link in the bio and there's a post where you can find the link. Twitter We'll put it up in a little bit. It's not there yet, but it'll be there when you go look at this. And then just go www.mrbunkersconspiracytime.com forward slash vote. It's really easy. It's a fucking form. You click uh, You click your top five. You just hit submit. That's all you got to do. Um, this is a click it. This is a Mr. Bunkers Conspiracy Time podcast tradition. Every year we do our bunk miss recap. We do it where we recap the top episodes from the year before. We are returning the power to the people that's right this year and giving you bunk funkers your voice back uh you've been disenfranchised for the entire life of this podcast um so now's your chance you could only speak through your downloads now you get to speak through your votes that's right so go and vote um vote or die um once again that is a (laughs) art's gonna have to cut this whole thing out and record something different um on his own but Vote. Go vote for your top five favorite episodes. They will make... I'm just going to like put censors on it. (laughs) People have no idea what the fuck you were saying. (laughs) But go vote. Uh, Please vote. Um, This will be part of our Bunkmas recap this year. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to... There's some great episodes out there. There's some real stinkers. Oh, yeah. Um, So vote for whichever ones you liked. um, And uh, we'll recap them in an upcoming episode. That's right. So stay tuned. Um, Thank you, Beefers. Uh, thanks for that plug, Art. 
it's a great it's a great tradition here for the show, the Bunkmas recap. Yep. I think probably that is usually one of our most popular episodes. People really love the recap. Yeah. Uh, it's been really popular for us. Most people love hearing about things they already listened to earlier in the year mm-hmm. and had tried to forget about, but we just keep dredging it back up. <laughs> they try to forget. They try to forget, but we they won't try let you. try to forget that this show existed and did a bunch of episodes, but, well, we're not going to let you. We're not going to let you. And you know, like a lot of things, you can't escape the past, Art. Oh, do I? It exists, <laughs> and it'll come back to get you. Yeah, you're telling me. And that's a lot like today's topic. Oh, today's topic is my prison sentence? Yeah, we're talking about Art's prison sentence. Did he get us? Was he served with enough time? <laughs> There's no conspiracy here. We know he did it. But did the judge go soft on him because Art was having sex with the judge? I've got some really revealing photographs that I want to oh, put. Oh, God. <laughs> me and Judge Ito. Oh, God. Our, our our fanatical relationship. Art couldn't resist him because he's Japanese. Those big Coke bottle glasses. Ooh. <laughs> and that sexy little goatee. <laughs> Art was asking him to eat oh him out oh. <laughs> um But seriously, Forks, our topic today mm. is a frozen fucking mummy. That cursed everybody that ever came in contact with it. So, this is Utsi the Iceman. Art is stifling his laughter. Utsi? Utsi. Utsi. Oh, my ice cream fell. Utsi. Utsi. Utsi is named for a region around Italy and Austrian border. Ooh, a little bit of my people. Yeah, this is a little bit of your people. Utsi, Utsi. I mean, a little bit less more north than my people well hold on you just stick around because you might be surprised well i'll see i got stuff you might be surprised (laughs) i gotta go burn some photos that you may or may not have (laughs) we're gonna Art got confused about uh the position of a judge and he thought it was a a santa claus type relationship so (laughs) there's a lot of photos of him sitting on judge ito's lap yeah neither your honor can i approach the bench Oh, don't bang your gavel. Oh. Ooh, I'm under oath and I'm under your spell. Oh, I hope I'm getting an honorable discharge. <laughs> your honor, would you like to be on me? So anyway, check out, check out those photos on our website of Art Having Sex with Judge Ito. Thank you. Judge Lance Ito. Um, and stick around here for some information about Utsi the Iceman. Um, if you want to, if you're ready to... Who did Be- this come from? Who did this come from? Oh yeah, that's a good point. This episode came Judge to Ito? us. This episode came to us from Judge Ito. Judge Ito suggested this. This came to us from the penultimate oh. episode suggestion. You don't even have to say anymore. Oh uh, yeah, this I could stop right there, and everybody already knows who it is. But I'm gonna I'm gonna press on, and I'm gonna say the actual name of the Oracle of Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Erica Elizabeth. Erica Elizabeth. Erica Elizabeth. This is another Erica classic episode suggestion. Stamp of approval. Coming from, I think, History Channel on a Friday night, um, (laughs) as so many of these topics do. uh, If you're not watching History Channel on Friday nights, you're not not living, baby. You're not living. Um, So thank you, Erica. Thank you, Erica. For, I think this is your 45th episode suggestion? Uh, Probably. So thank you so much for this one. This was a good topic. I think people are going to be interested in this, I think. So 
Um, if you want to get frozen in time in a way and be rethought in the future after we've already set our abduction story and where the research is beginning, check the show notes and you too can be transported just like Utsi into the future uh, where Ooh, things will be confusing. Bono and be, in the edge and the rest of them. Right. Where you things, too. Yeah. Things will be confusing for you. You will be dead. And your body will be mummified. Mm. So go check the show notes and find the timestamp and become a mummy. Wow. If you'd rather keep living for a little while. Yeah, live it up, baby. Hold right here because Art and I got to tell you how we got stuck in the bunker. Please hold. Again, please hold. Oh, boy, bunkfuckers. I got to tell you, you know, I think sometimes when you guys listen to us, it's really easy to tell how... Like, you probably think, like, wow, these guys are confident. These guys are alpha males. These guys are, you know, just all around cool dudes, charismatic, handsome. But you know what, Bunkburgers? What might this is probably a big shocker, probably comes as a huge surprise. Andy and I have oftentimes felt um, a little embarrassed and a little um, ashamed of our smiles. I think, Brunch Functures, when you, when you listen to us, you you get this mental image yeah. of two very buff, mm-hmm. well hung, mm-hmm. handsome, impeccably attractive, like the Giga Chad meme, right? Ext- kind of looking dudes, right? Extremely sexy <laughs> two guys talking to each other yeah. in a very intelligent way about yep. very important topics. Yep. It's life changing the image that you have in your mind. It's life changing listening to this podcast. But Art's right when. In, we're just two people at the end of the day behind the microphones and we're human. We have insecurities after all. And when your smiles look like ours do, you can't be your best in life. We have gnarled, mm-hmm. yellowed, gapping, rotten, rotten, crumbling, snaggle tooth. I got teeth that are at, uh, look like the fucking, uh, the 49th parallel. Yeah. Just straight across longitudinally uh, snaggle tooths that are sticking straight out, completely yeah. parallel. You know, I have I, so many stories, I know you do too, where I'm walking into a Subway restaurant and I'm like trying to build myself a sandwich and I smile at the sandwich artist because there's nothing more attractive to me than, you know, people who are artisans of a sandwich. Right. And it's a very turning on experience. Subway does this on purpose. The way they cut the bread, the way they melt the cheese. It's a very sexual experience going into a subway. The way they the way they pre-slice the meat and they put it in that tube so that they put them in those containers so that and they're all organized, right? Oh. So they pick them up and they just smack it down on the The way bread. they the way they pull those they out like dollar it. bills and they're just folding off that meat and just slapping it on the bread. Yeah. Subway's a very sensual, sexy experience. And so I start smiling. You've seen the way they squirt the sauces on at the end. It's very much designed to look like body fluids. And the way, you know, that I'll, I'll keep saying more, more, yeah. more, more Chipotle Southwest sauce. Yeah, they keep going, are you there yet? They don't ask, like, tell me when. They go, are you there yet? And, of course, you know, I'll smile and and I've made plethora of subway workers pass out. Mm-hmm. So they're just, I mean, disgusted by what they see. Yeah. They immediately pass out, fall into the sandwich, fall into the marinara. Heads covered in mariner. Right. Meatballs are everywhere. Yeah. I have to leave the scene. Yeah. Steal my sandwich, of course. Right. I'm not going to leave hungry. Come back for a cookie. Forgot the cookie. Shove the cookie in my plastic tube bag. Yeah. It's all crumpled. Yeah. It's a classic <laughs> subway experience. It's a cla- 
I know you feel that way too. I feel that way too. I mean, we both have had these kinds of experiences where normal social interactions should go a different way. I, right. I have I have rotting teeth all through my mouth. Disgusting rotting I have teeth. Horrible halitosis from all these rotten exposed nerve endings. You know, oh that stench God. of dead teeth. It's, it's just, like that one deleted scene from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. I I the other day I love I love going and sniffing flowers. <laughs> I sniffed some flowers and I accidentally. Well, we, so you talk about that all the time. I breathed Big out on them. Big horticulturist. Big horticulturist. I've got a bit of a green thumb and a brown index finger. I just love flowers. And I love pink, plants. Pink middle finger. And you know pink what I mean? Pink middle finger. Yeah. Um, you got. Yes, go ahead, Art. <laughs> Two in the pink, one in the stink. Yeah. And a third. A third in green. In the, the soil. Green, in the soil. In the dirt. In the dirt. Stuck in the dirt. So. I, I love flowers. You love them. And anytime I see them, I'm sniffing them. Well, I sniffed some flowers the other day, and I breathed out on them and accidentally they all died from the horrible smell of my breath. It clogged their little... You have such a huge tab at the Home Depot. I do. Garden Center. Yeah. I, I, you owe them a lot of money. They they I tried to leave after killing all the plants there once, and they caught me on camera leaving the <laughs> store. And they opened a tab in my name. I owe them $85,000. But I did submit that tape to America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. You didn't know that. Yeah. I and didn't I win. We didn't win, but we got up there. Dave Coulier sent me a note that said you'd lost. And it sent me a link to the video. Uh-huh. And I saw it was where I tr- realized that the Home Depot workers were trying to come after me. Mm-hmm. And I started to run and my pants fell down. And then there was, they put a circle of rakes around you. Yeah. And you kept stepping on them. And every time you would step on them, you couldn't hear it because it was a VHS security camera, but right. they did subtitle it. Yeah. So it was like, oh. The rakes, the rakes, these weren't full size rakes. Yeah, yeah. These weren't full size rakes. These were like small rakes. So they kept hitting me in the groin and not in the face. Uh huh. But life with, life with a crappy, shitty fucking smile, it's hard. It, it sucks. It sucks. I mean, I'm, I can't go into a lot of subways. Yeah. You've, there's you've, a lot of subways and I'm banned from most of them. Yeah. You've been asked to stop going into subways and a lot of them were due to your smile and only a few were the due to you exposing yourself. I've, we've had to change our lives fundamentally sucks. to work around our smiles, but we finally decided to do something about it. We did. We're tired of living like second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. We're tired of living like trolls mm-hmm. and ogres mm-hmm. and And this is the one monsters. thing that is blocking us from achieving our dream. We're totally normal people, completely accepted in society, except right. for our awful smiles. That's the reason why people don't like us. Right. Because we don't brush our teeth right. ever. Or so, floss. So we decided to get hooked up with this dentist who was going to completely redesign our mouths yeah we're talking big time veneers crowns caps just cutting everything out and starting fresh starting fucking fresh gonna look like a big pearly chompers in there Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah beautiful chompers yeah this was um you know mr dentist's um smile time dentistry shop and we went in there and we saw the dentist, Dr. Dentist. It's a good name, I guess. This was serendipity. Fate for him, some might say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's they, they Comes, say, does the name make the person or is, you know, not? Yeah. That's what they often say. And 
As far as I know. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you're born with the last name Dentist, I mean, what are you going to do? Go become a chef? I don't think so. Yeah, you can't be Dr. Dentist the chef. You can't be Chef Dentist. His first name is Doctor. (laughs) It's Dr. Dr. Dentist. Right. Dr. Dr. Dentist. So, Dr. Dentist, you got us in there. I mean, this is such a such a first class establishment. Um, he didn't make us feel bad at all. No. He looked inside our mouths and he said, This is I think you know these things aren't good, but there's a path to getting you help. He looked at both of us and said, This is my magnum opus. This is my chance mm-hmm. to be King my Dr. Ag- Dentist. My magnum optometrist, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will. His magnum optometrist, the dentist, said that. That it was his magnum optometrist. And so we we were ready. I think, you know, it's like, what do you get? I mean, it's like you just kind of sign. It's like, let's fucking do this. We're putty in his hands, basically. We'll, we'll let Dr. Dennis do whatever he wants to us. He did. He did. And we were also putty in his hands because he put putty in all of our mouths, silly putty, to take molds yeah. of our shitty, disgusting mouths. Mm-hmm. And just to get the dimensions right, get mm-hmm. everything ready. He got the mold. Several of my teeth came out on the silly putty. Yeah, They were not strong enough to stay attached to my gums. And there was a lot of different options. I think at the end of the day, I chose the um, pure elephant uh, ivory. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the types of teeth that I wanted. I said, you know, please make sure it is authentic elephant ivory. Um, please go poach an elephant. And so Dr. Dentist actually... He's, you know, he's got different vendors and different services that he's hooked up with. But mm-hmm. he said, you know what? I personally am going to go poach this elephant for you. I said, wow, that service. Yeah. I said, wow. Yeah. I mean, second only to Subway, am I right? right. Yeah. <laughs> if only Dr. Dennis had had found a way to make it. If only Dr. Dennis had some Chipotle Southwest sauce, you know? Right. Yeah. He was squeezing it all over my open mouth. Yeah. Asking you if you're done yet. Are you finished? So... You wanted to go with the ivory look, and it's yeah. a classic. It's, it's hard, a classic. It's hard to hard to argue with that. But for me, I felt like I'm more. Uh, I needed more of a natural look, so right. I asked for the genuine human teeth dentures. So that's where the Doctor Dentist um, has a supplier mm. that robs the teeth from dead bodies in morgues all across the country. Yeah, these are cadaver teeth. Right, these are genuine cadaver human teeth. And but you know they give them a scrub, they, do a little dawn dish soap on them, give them a good scrub, hit them with a little scrub, daddy, action, hot or cold. Don't want to scratch them. Give them a little dawn dish soap, scrub them up, clean them up, put them in your mouth. Yeah, the best part about it is that these look like real teeth because they are real teeth. <laughs> They look like real teeth. You wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. Right. They are real teeth, but they look like they real teeth. They look like real. It's not like they don't pick, they don't pick people who have fake teeth in their mouths. They're no, 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 real no, human no, no, teeth. No, 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 no. So they, they did, they work this process so fast. I mean, it's incredible working with Dr. Dentist and he brings us into the office. He's got, he, we get to see our new teeth oh, before they go in our mouths. I couldn't wait. I was so happy. I was drooling. Couldn't believe. That was not medication related either. They, uh, these, these new, these new teeth looked amazing. Yeah. Mine, mine looked, they were all different colors. Um, <laughs> all the teeth, different levels of stainage. 
and uh, different sizes. You're like Jacob's Technicolor Dreamcoat, but in mm-hmm. your mouth. Right. They're different different sizes and shapes. So they don't all look uniform, right? but they look like real teeth. Yeah. Meanwhile, Art's got this beautiful set of chompers. Oh. Beautiful ivory. Um, you know, I think that the I think they tusk. misunderstood the the order a little bit because they did build tusks in to his dentures. So right. he did have these two large elephant sized tusks. But you know, I'm into mouth. it because when it's mating season, I need to fucking run around mm-hmm. and I need to charge full bore, full blast at some of these other other guys showing up at Subway. Yeah, I hear you. There's a lot of competition at Subway, and you got to be prepared with your tusks. These sandwich artists aren't going to mate with themselves. Yeah, they're top. I mean, that's, you know, they're top in line. Everybody wants to get with a sandwich artist. Yeah. They know how to handle the meats. Oh, yeah, do they ever. And the sauces. And as many vegetables as you want. Yeah. No limits. Loading up on veggies. No limits. There's zero limits. Run it through the garden. So we're we're pretty pleased with this. I'm to so say. happy. So, you know, this is a this is a pretty extensive dental surgery that we were having done. So, mm-hmm. um, we both we both asked to have surgery at the same time. Uh, we were holding hands. We do like to hold hands throughout. We both got gassed with the dental gas, and we went under for the surgery. And there also was a lot of gas in the room. Right. I we were tooting. Yeah, we did go to Subway before we went. We went there. Yeah, and I had one of their beef things, which give me, I mean, just explosive. Yeah. I had an Italian BMT, and it made me want to make a BM. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, we were uh, were farting up a storm. Farting up a storm. And and he was like, you guys, did you guys eat before this? You're not supposed to eat. And we said, no. No. I burped. (laughs) What are you talking about? And he's like, is that a Subway bag? And I was like, no. Okay. Are you actively eating a cookie right now? No. What is that? A Fousey iced tea? I don't think they make those anymore. So I don't know what you're talking about. Gas me up, Daddy, Doctor Daddy. Are you eating a sandwich right now? No. <laughs> is that marinara sauce? Yeah, it could have been from the week before. Yeah. So we go under. Easy, easy. Listen, <clears throat> listen, listen. These doctors, these doctor dentists. Yeah. You're a dentist. You are a doctor. But you're not a doctor, doctor. Right. So with this whole, like, you know, fucking you're not supposed to eat. It's like, listen, I don't know how long I'm going to be under this gas. I might get hungry. Mm-hmm. And if I get hungry when I'm under the gas, I'm not, I don't want to wake up hungry and cranky. I'm going to get real cranky. Right. And so I'm going to start tossy turny, tumbly rumbly, you know, all these different things that happen. I need to eat before I go on. It's just a couple of subs. It's just a couple of footlongs. It's such a good deal. They're five dollars. Five dollars footlongs. It's just it's just a couple of footlongs. There's nothing to get upset about. He can relax. He can relax. Not a real rule anyway. And whatever. I mean, we hit it well. He had no idea. We're so good at sneaking stuff. We're sneaks. We're natural sneaks. Yeah. We're we're like we're like the Bilbo Bagginses of our own stories. Masters. Masters of thievery. Yeah. So we go under. And I mean, you know, I I had a great experience being under. Yeah. I I dreamed. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had a dream that I was finally able to achieve my goal Ooh. of um, riding um, 
my riding a horse bareback. It's been a big dream for you. It's been a big dream for they me. They can't find a horse who will agree to it. No, they don't want to find, they can't find a horse. And I rack my nuts every time I get on a saddle, even. You're always racking your fucking racking nuts. Racking my nuts. I rack my nuts every time I get on a saddle. Horses and me just don't get along. I just rack my nuts every time I get on a saddle. So you'd think like, oh, well, riding bareback, like you got the horse's spine. That spine's going to rack your nuts constantly. And I'm like, well, maybe. Possibly. But in this scenario, no, it did not. I didn't feel a thing. I rode that horse majestically. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was gentle. It was serene. We forded a small creek. Oh, wow. Together. And the horse delivered me back to the stables. Lovely dream. Yeah. Did you have any dreams while you were out? Um, no, I actually, I had a few nightmares. Oh. Yeah. Everybody um, reacts differently to the anesthesia. Yeah, you know, it's, it's when you're under the anesthesia. Um, yeah, we were under the influence of Anastasia. Missing Russian princess. <laughs> the Romanov. The Romanov princess, princess Anastasia. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just, I had some nightmare scenarios where, you know, um, um, you know, I was being, I was being asked to, um, to have to, you know, make small talk with a couple of different people, Mm -hmm. um, just repeatedly in a row. Um, like I was being held up, you know, uh, chained down, um, not in a fun way, um, but in a way that was like really inappropriate. Yeah. Um, you know, and then classic one for me, um, you know, I think a lot of people have had this one. This is, um, you know, being fully clothed in the classroom and then you raise your hand and everyone else is naked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, God, this is so fucking embarrassing. Right. What a nightmare scenario. I'm fully yeah. clothed. Everyone else is naked. Right. I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I show up fully clothed on naked day at school? Right. You know, it's like being the kid who doesn't wear pajamas on pajama day mm-hmm. or anything like that. You just feel like such a dork. Yeah. Dork. That's pretty bad. So these are pretty awful scenarios, pretty awful nightmares. Yeah. Um, But you know what? We made it through. Yeah, we made it through. I mean, I, I too struggle with small talk. I rack my nuts every time I do small talk with somebody. So we made it through. You're always straddling things. That's your thing, right? Yeah. I like to get really on the edge of tables for some reason and get in the corner, and then I just rack my nuts on the corner of the table. Just racking your fucking nuts. Yeah, just racking my nuts. We wake up from this, um, from being anesthetized, and honestly, I was pretty impressed by what I saw in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a set of natural human teeth that were straight, and well adjusted, mm-hmm. and they looked good in my mouth. Healthy, beautiful pink gums. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I had, I had a. I guess you know, they must have. I don't know what they, they, they did. Uh, maybe they changed their minds post putting us under anesthesia. But um, it's um, that's true. They did play the Disney movie Anastasia. And that, we fell asleep. Yeah. And so that's what... I can never stay away from that. The Hank Azaria bat really puts me to sleep. Yeah, that cute little bat. And so 
I looked. I also had a pair of perfectly straight, beautiful, white, pearly white, ivory. Yeah, chompers. Yeah. And did you have a taste of cheeseburger and cigarette smoke in your mouth? Yeah, I. I noticed that too. Yeah, I assumed that that was you know, probably. I think I think I remember signing something that said that they would use cheeseburger and cigarette flavored fluoride on my teeth when they were done. Yeah. So it seemed pretty normal to me. Mm, well, as we learned a little bit later, um, well, it was what, anything but normal. It was anything but normal. It should have been, it should have been one of the biggest red flags of the night. So we, we did have this surgery at night. We did have it at night. Yeah. <laughs> Our surgery was scheduled for eight thirty PM. We, we left, we left Dr. Dentist's office around midnight and <laughs> We were outside the dentist office and we're looking at each other's mouths as we do. And really it's a very complimentary experience. Yeah. And all of a sudden we both start to feel at the same time, this immense pain yeah. in our jaw, almost like our bodies are rejecting these teeth mm-hmm. that we've worked so hard to get. Teeth didn't take. And all of, like, as we're, as we're discussing this pain, the teeth start to move. They're like chomping. They're chomping on their own. They're we're out of control of our teeth. <laughs> of course, I freak out. I assume that the souls of convicts and ne'er do wells are holding on, are inside their teeth. Yeah, and now they've got control of my body. And of course, I'm freaking out because I've got the souls of dead poached African elephants, right? Who remember everything, even to the afterlife, right? And you asked for one elephant per tooth. So there were a lot of dead elephants to make your to yeah make your yeah yeah. I mean, you know, well, that's the price of beauty. But also, like, I didn't know I was going to get haunted. Right. That's I didn't know that was going to happen. You know what you could have done instead? Yeah. In hindsight, mm. you should have just asked them to kill one hippo and take the hippo's teeth. Oh yeah. They have a good set of chompers. We both should have done that. Actually. I would love the ability to eat a watermelon whole. Yeah. Not me have to too. Fucking throw the rinds out. Yeah. I'm tired of chopping watermelon. I want to eat them whole. I would also love to bite my, you know, romantic adversaries. Right. So we're freaking out. Our teeth are chomping. They're chomp, 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 chomping away. Like those uh, old school wind-up toys. Right. Chomping us. Chomping all the way. And, and it's sort of like we can't control. Our teeth are so strong. That they're like leading us head first. It's like, it's like when you walk a dog that's bigger than you. Right. And these teeth are like the dog on the leash dragging us behind them. Mm-hmm. And they're just chomping, chomping literally at the bit. I mean, if you even have to have a bit when you ride a horse. Right. You could choose to ride it natural. But these teeth are just but going. But you might rack your nuts. You might, you might rack your nuts on the horse's spine. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. You might rack it on the horse's neck. There's plenty of places on a horse to rack your nuts. Mm-hmm. So these teeth are chomping away. Our bodies are just basically being dragged behind our mouths. Yeah. And they, they take us back here to the bunker. And we get inside, and these teeth pop out of our mouths, and they amalgamate into Mr. Bunker. Mr. Bunker was our teeth. You know what? This is gross. I put a lot of stuff in my mouth, but I don't want Mr. Bunker in my mouth. His 
half of his entire body was in your mouth. And you know what? Now we don't have any teeth. I know. This is probably the worst all part of it all. All that money I paid for those poached African elephants. And now you got no teeth at all. Now I got nothing. They let Dr. Dennis do the surgery on us. Jesus Christ. So he cleaned our mouths completely out, but now we got no teeth. Funk Funkers, let us know. Donate your teeth. Go to Send d- us your teeth. Go to uh, MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com forward slash teeth. Yep. Donate your teeth today to Andy and Art's Teeth Fund. Um, we are only accepting donations for teeth. Right. If you happen to be an African elephant, we will accept tusk donations. If you are a cadaver of any kind, we will accept your teeth as well. Right. But they have to be cleaned with dish. Dawn dish Dawn soap. Dawn dish and soap. Daddy. And a scrub daddy. Um, very easy to clean teeth with a scrub daddy because you can just, you can just, uh, like, you can just, like, fuck one of the scrub daddy's eye holes. You can skull fuck a, skull, a scrub daddy, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, you can just take the tooth and just stick it through his little eye hole, skull fuck him, and then uh, it comes out really clean. So you can also choose to cool. give the scrub daddy a smile made from your own teeth, and that would work too. <laughs> so, skull fuck a scrub daddy today, bunk fuckers, donate your teeth. Donate your teeth today. So that's how we ended up back in the bunker. We need your teeth. Please send us your teeth. Uh, This is not a drill. This is not a drill. This is not a joke. We need your teeth immediately. Please send them. Um, We look forward to getting your teeth in the mail. Thank you. Um, In the meantime, while we're waiting on you to send us your teeth, um, we also need to do a bunker alarm today. We, we have, have a, a very special bunker alarm. I was just going to say, a very special bunker alarm today. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the first time in Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast history, at least that I can remember, that we're honoring a patron, a a patron. A patron. That's a of great, the show. That's a great way to put it. Um, this is, um, so today's special honoree is a a pet of a patron. It's a pet of a patron. We got a message from a patron, BK. BK says, please dedicate a bunker alarm to my cat, Todd. He's a dick, but he listens to your podcast with me. (laughs) He sounds like I'm everyone else who listens to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I assume everybody that listens to this podcast is a dick. So anyway, Todd the cat, you fucking dick. Todd the cat. Oh, what a great name for a kitty cat, Todd. What's the best name for a cat in Europe? Todd. Okay, Todd. <laughs> Todd, the best named cat in the world. Todd. Uh, no, there's lots of fun. I love. I love that you went the route of naming, giving him a human name. I think that's always fun. Like a cat named Larry is very fun to me. Um, at one point in time, I wanted to adopt a dog named Murphy. Love a dog named Murphy. Hey, that's Murph. Murph the dog. Yeah. Very colorful names. Just really fun, man. Pets rule. Also, very fun to just name them after things. Naming a cat. Beef, naming a cat bug, naming a cat. Um, the thing about cats, obviously, is that they don't have just one name. They have a fucking dwarven grudge book of names, um, a tome of names, if you will. You never just call your cat by its name. You call your cat a million other things like stinky, stupid, smelly, little baby, stinky boy, sunshine boy, fucking slurpy sneezy you give them like snow white the seven dwarf names many names right our, our cat's name is toby we call him toady toad tobe king tobu tobulon tobuscus tobe um there's some other ones in there meatball 
That's so many names for a cat, man. You never call your cat one name, but Todd is a great name for a cat. What other names would you call Todd if you had a cat name? Well, Todd? I don't know anything about Todd. Um, depends on um, kind of depends on what what kind of cat Todd is. There's and what what Todd likes to do. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, I can't really say. Well, very interesting stuff here. Yeah. Uh, so this booker alarm is going out to Todd now. Todd, the cat. What we're going to do here is we're going to fire up the old Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000, yeah. and we're going to play for you, Todd the Cat, a perfectly synced bunker alarm um, that's going to, I think, really speak to your personality. Very true. Yeah. So let's go ahead and Todd's fire apparently it. a dick. Todd's so. a dick. So he's going to, I mean, we have plenty of alarms for dicks. Right. So let's go ahead and turn this thing on now. Um, let's see. Uh, I just got to turn the key. Ooh. Andy, did you... I think you left the battery on. You left the lights on. I left the lights on. Yeah. Oh. God damn it, Andy. Oh, shit. Come on. Oh, fuck. You didn't think that we would have to do a fucking bunker alarm. You didn't prepare that right. at one point in time we might do a bunker alarm for a pet. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Let, me, let me try and step on the gas here. Okay, it sounds like it's struggling, but it's getting there. It's a little clean. Okay. Ah, oh, there we go. Wow. Now we're humming along. Now we're humming along. All right, Todd, you're going to love this. Let's look for an alarm here. Let's see. Let's go to the cat section. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. Sounds like a cat walking on a keyboard. Click, 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 click. Oh, oh, here we go. Here click, we go. click, 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 click. Enter. <laughs> Todd the cat. We're going to do a countdown. Mm -hmm. And then your perfectly sync bunker alarm is going to play. That's right. So please pay attention. Please stop playing with whatever you're playing with. Pay Steve, attention, please Scott. Please stop licking your own butthole. Stop licking your own butthole. Sunning yourself. Stop rubbing the side of your cheeks against yeah. a things right. for five seconds and mm -hmm. listen to this bunker alarm, Todd. Mm -hmm. Dick. So here we go. In three... Two, one. Ah, oh, fuck. I said it to dog. Andy. Well, Todd. Oh, well. Todd, you're a dog at heart, I think. I think you got that dog in you. Todd, you got the heart of a champion. You got yeah. that dog in you. Todd is not like current head coach of Ohio State football, Ryan Day, who yeah, has Todd no got, dog in him. Todd got that dog in him. Uh, Todd the cat got that dog in him. Todd the kitty cat, I hope you stop your dickish ways soon and start being a lovely little lap cat. Hey, Todd, I hope you continue to be a dick. I hope you're wow. even a bigger dick in the future because you know what? Todd, do you, okay. buddy. Um, we support you. Uh, thank you for being a longtime bug funker no. of the show. Todd needs to be nice if he wants to get some treats. Uh, frankly, I would like to hear from more animals that listen to this podcast. Yeah, let's hear, hear some some, 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 some animals. Yeah. Um, Todd, that was that was a bunk alarm just for you. Yeah. Um, BK, thanks for bringing, uh, thanks for bringing Todd to our let attention. Let us know how Todd liked that. Yeah, and, and please let us know what Todd thought of the bunker alarm, if he was into it, if he hated it. Sorry sorry that it was a dog-themed, but uh, That was an accident. We'll up. fix that. We'll fix it in post. Maybe. Um, we'll so... Out. 
uh, Todd, that bunker alarm was for you. Then I'm going to go ahead and turn off the, the bunker alarm. Yeah, and pl- and shut off the, the lights. Yeah, turn the lights off okay. this time, please. <laughs> now the lights are off. Well, uh, I mean, I still see some. Oh, the lights are still on? Oh. Well, fuck. the overhead light is on, Andy. Oh. See? Okay. So click, you, click, I think you left click, something click. open. Uh, did you shut the trunk? Uh, here. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I don't. Well, I don't think it shut all the all way. Right, I think I got to open the door and shut it again. Okay, yeah, try that <clears throat> again. Okay, well. Something is still open, Andy. Fuck, the light's still on. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. You found it? Yeah, I got oh, I got the dome light set to on instead of auto. Oh. So, there we go. All right, now. <clears throat> there it goes. Good, good. All right, now I'm going to turn this thing off. Um, Good. Okay, we're gonna conserve energy. It's we not got, good to waste energy like that. No, I don't like to waste energy. I mean, we're in kind of an energy crisis right now. Um, yeah. But you know, I would be in even more of an energy crisis if I was trapped under six feet of snow and ice, frozen in time for five thousand years. You'd huh? be like Encino Man. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be like unfrozen caveman lawyer. doesn't get that reference saturday night live oh, phil oh, hartman oh yeah, yeah yeah phil hartman uh phil hartman you remember him he's never coming back though because he's dead for sure and not think? mummified so uh let's talk about somebody who did come back from the dead kinda uh utsi the ice man here on mr bunker's conspiracy time podcast utsi tootsi took a poopsie Get ready, beefers, because today the Iceman cometh. That's right. Today we're talking about Chuck Liddell and his ejaculate. (laughs) Wait. Huh? What's what's that? Uh Oh. Oh. And he's getting a uh, message. He's touching his ear. Is it your earpiece? Oh. Oh, right. Right. Okay. My mistake. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Boinkers. Didn't mean to get your hopes up there, but our, our producer, Nick Simon, is telling me we're not talking about Chuck the Iceman Liddell and his gloppy spooge. We're instead talking about a guy who got frozen in glacial ice thousands of years ago and how he's still killing people in the modern world. Oh. So, I'm sorry. It's kind of similar. It's similar to Chuck Liddell's jizz. Sure. Yeah. So our Iceman today is named Utsi, and despite what you might have read online, Utsi is not a world-famous MMA fighter, but instead a mummy. Very different. They're very different things. They're much, I mean... Sometimes it's hard to tell. MMA is... Both wear big trunks. MMA is pretty close to the spelling of mummy. If you spell mummy wrong... They have, I mean, both have M. Or you add extra, extra letters to MMA... But it's pretty close, so it's easy to be confused, but they are different. They both get taped up, wrapped up. Right. Fighters are wrapping up their hands. Mm -hmm. Mummies get wrapped up. Right. They both are fighting. Yeah. They both have severe brain damage. Right. Because one One doesn't have a brain. Yeah, one got sucked out through its nose. One's brain doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarities. So many. So you're confused. But Utsi was not an MMA fighter. Okay. Well, we've established that. Now, 
like understanding Utsi, the logical place to start here is uh, to tell you how Utsi was discovered. Okay, so let's go way back, all the way back to 1991. Big year for me. I won Publishers Clearinghouse, not the million dollar prize, but a much more modest fifty dollars, and I was able to negotiate an open mouth kiss from Ed McMahon. Hi yo. Art, open mouth. What's the difference between open mouth and closed mouth? Uh, one I is guess, open mouth and one is closed. So mouth. he's more like sucking your face. Oh yeah. Hi yo. Now, while I felt like I won the jackpot on that one, that kiss did cause my fifth wife, Tallahassee, to leave me. Oh, it turned out she was wild. She was going to leave you. Anyway. Well, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, Art, because all the free time led me to run for mayor of Port Tobacco Village, Maryland where I lost by a large margin, which is saying something because there were only 30 registered voters. I'm pretty sure I was the only person that voted for me. Port Tobacco Village did not like me. They called me a carpetbagger. It's in Maryland. You fucking, you shat on old day. Yeah, anywho. On 19th of November, 1991. Yeah, just brush that under the rug like a fucking just forget politician. It. I, yeah. You I don't... said mean shit about old bay. No further questions. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. On September 19th, 1991. We're into all your other policies. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pro-crab. I'm very pro-crab. You have crabs. I have crabs. I said everybody you should get crabs. You got them from Tallahassee. I got them from Tallahassee. Tallahassee had crabs. She never apologized. You should rekindle with her. Uh, it was so sad when she died. Oh, motorcycle, right? Yeah. She got run over by several motorcycles. She got lost at the circus and ended up in that big steel ball. Yeah. yeah. Classic mistake. They didn't see her in time. Yeah. Anywho, on September 19th, 1991, German hikers Erica and Helmut Simon, who we can only assume are relatives of friend of the podcast and producer here, and similarly surprisingly successful corpse finder, Nick Simon. Well, let me log into his Ancestry.com profile that I keep on him. Yeah. And see if Erica (laughs) and Helmut Simon are in his family tree. So Erica und Helmut Simon discovered a human corpse at 3,210 meters above sea level near Tiesenjok, uh, or this is like on the border. So there's some German Austrian names and some Italian names. So Tiesenjok or Jogo di Tisa in the uh, Schnallstall or Val Senales Valley in the Tyrolean Alps bordering Austria and Italy. The corpse was face down, and only the corpse's upper body was sticking out from the oh, ice. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Ass up. Face down, ass up. That's, That's the way we, we like, like to get frozen frog. for 5,000 years. <laughs> now, years years after the discovery, <laughs> other people besides the Simons came forward saying they were part of the Simons party and also discovered the corpse, Uh-oh. which would entitle them to some amount of payment as a finder's fee. There was a lot of legal wrangling going on with the finding of this corpse. Eventually people wanted in on the cut of some of the money that was generated by this. This was 91. And this was, this was much later after, after 91, but they found the body in 1991. So one person who claimed that they had also found this corpse in the snow was Sandra Nemeth, uh, who said she found the corpse before the Simons and spit on the body so her DNA could be found later to establish her ownership of the, the artifacts. Uh, 
You got to give her some credit. I mean, experts, of course, said there was not, not much chance of finding Nemeth's DNA on the body, even if her story is true. But hey, this, I mean, to your point, Art, this is a pro tip. If you find something, spit on it as much as possible to establish your ownership of it. That's the only way to do it. You did it when you were kids, when you didn't want like your sister or your brother to take your fucking Halloween candy. You'd be, oh, spit on it. And they wouldn't touch it. It's right? still, the rule still applies. Same rules. Playground rules. So the Simons back in 1991, they reported the find of this body to the operator of a nearby mountain resort uh, whose name is Marcus Perpimer, who contacted the authorities. Initially, it was assumed the corpse belonged to a modern person who died in a climbing accident. But on the 20th of September, an initial attempt was made to recover the body. Rescuers were unable to free the body from the ice, and the effort was paused due to bad weather. Only an axe, presumably belonging to the man uh, or the person frozen in the ice, was taken down to the valley. And his axe. <laughs> it was Gimli. Yeah. So on the next day, the 21st of September, another attempt to recover the body ended because there wasn't a helicopter available to transport the corpse. From the mountainside. So the same day, the 21st of September, Marcus Perpimer visited the site to cover the body with a plastic sheet. Mountaineers Hans Kammerlander and Reinhold Messner also visited the site the same day. <laughs> These are all the names. <laughs> the, same, the same day to examine some of the objects found near the body. Perpimer showed them a sketch of the axe that was recovered. All of this led Messner to be the first to suggest that the corpse was not a modern person, but was actually really, really old. The corpse was finally recovered on the 23rd of September. A camera team was there to film the recovery of the body. And despite Messner's suggestion, there was still no archaeologist on site, nobody historically there to handle this. Um, a forensic scientist from Innsbruck in Austria oversaw the transport of the mummy in a body bag. Put him in a body bag! Put him in a body bag! You ever uh, yell that out? No. At a, like a sporting event? No. no. It's a fun thing to yell out. Oh. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. People Put him are... in a body bag. When do you when do you yell that out? At different sporting events. At what point in the sporting people event? People like them. When there's a when there's um when there's like a hard fought battle going on. Big action? Yeah, like Put big, him in a big body action. Bag. Big play. Oh, okay. Big play. I'll keep that in mind. Think about it. Okay. Think you think about it, beefers. Think about yell, put him in a body bag. Your next sporting event. So during the recovery of this body, <laughs> uh, numerous leather fragments, string, pieces of hide, and clumps of hay were discovered. Um, next to the body was a dagger and nearby a long stick that was later identified as a bow. Ooh. The body was, was a warrior. Yeah. So this body was flown by helicopter to vent in the uh, Utztal Valley in Austria. The body was given the name Utsi after the Utztal region where it was found. The body was placed in a wooden coffin and driven in a hearse to the Institute of Forensic Medicine in Innsbruck. Conrad Spindler, hmm. an expert in pre and early history at Innsbruck University, weird. was finally contacted on the 24th of September. Spindler estimated the body's age to be, quote, at least 4,000 years old, end quote. The corpse had already started to decompose, so it was placed in a cold chamber. I was about to say, why they just put in a wooden casket? Well, at the Seems time, kind of weird. At the time, they didn't really know what the th that much about this body. Okay. So once they once it started to decompose out in the open air, they put it in this cold chamber <coughs> that simulated glacier conditions. Whoa! 
Yeah. So where the body was discovered uh, in the mountains was a three by seven meter wide gully, which kept the body safe from destructive glacial forces happening around the gully. So as glaciers are moving around, this thing is like down in a hole, basically. So it's sort of like that old tornado principle where you get into like a ditch or something and the tornado just kind of goes over the top and you're protected from it. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Little tornado safety Golly. tip. Tornado safety Wish tip. Wish I would have known that when that big twister came through my fucking town. Twister won't go down in the ditch. You get it. Oh my God. You get a shallow enough, it'll just go right over the top. Well, I fucking strapped my leather belt around to a fucking pipe. That's how I survived the twister. Yeah. Jeez Louise. I wish I would have known that. Well, if I had as many leather belts as you, I might do that too. I like a lot of belts. But I got to go to the ditch. I'm a ditch. I'm a ditch sitter. What can I say? You like rolling in a ditch. So this gully where this body was found, where Utsi was found, was probably free of ice when Utsi died there. But obviously, eventually, the whole thing got covered in snow and ice. When the when the body was found in 1991, the ice had melted considerably due to the warm summer, which allowed for the discovery of the body. Now, what's interesting is that scientists originally suspected that Utsi died in this in the gully and was quickly covered in ice and protected from the elements. But after doing further analysis on the plant life found preserved near Utsi's body, years after Utsi was discovered, scientists found out that some of the materials found were younger than Utsi. That means that the gully and Utsi's body were open to the air, not and not always completely encased in ice. So he was out in the open for at least some period when he died. Okay. Okay. So Utsi is uh, what's considered a wet mummy. Um, that was mummified naturally. Ooh, so wet. Yeah, he's a wet mummy. He's Ooh, a, remember that guy? Oh, he's from a last week. Wet guy. He's. You don't remember that guy, do you? No, I do. Wet guy from last week, or maybe two weeks ago. I don't know. Oh, wet guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so wet. Oh yeah. Remember that guy? Oh, wet mummy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wet guy. You're gonna like the wet mummy. Thanks, wet guy. Thanks, wet guy. So Utsi's a wet mummy, <laughs> mummified naturally in glacier ice. And due to the length of time Utsi was in the ice, uh, his body was very dehydrated because of this. Sort of um, pruny, uh, counterintuitive, but uh, most mummies, before they die, they get treated with substances to preserve them as part of ritual burial after their organs have been removed. Utsi is somewhat unique in that he's been naturally preserved basically in his entirety. Whoa. So he, there was no special treatment of his body before he was mummified. I gotta look up what this dude looks like. Oh, they've done plenty to spoil it. No, they've done reconstructions of him. So they Wait, did. Why like, do they have to do reconstructions? They have his body. Well, they have his body, but you know, it's like all his, his nose decomposed, like it fell off. So, but they did facial reconstructions to show him with like skin and muscles and. Oh shit. Hair. He's cool. Yeah. He looks like he would ride motorcycles and smoke cigarettes. He does look like a hell's angel. Yeah. Wait. It's Uh-oh. like an Italian hell's angel. A vroom, a vroom. <laughs> the scooter gang. You had a Vespa scooter. Yeah. <laughs> so during the first scientific inspection of Utsi's body on the 25th of September in 1991, a quiver and arrows were recovered from the site. During additional excavations at the site in October, string, hide, remnants of birch bark and a piece of grass mat were, were found. He's wearing a shirt. Huh? depictions of him are so funny he's wearing pants but not a shirt and yeah. they give him this face that's like what yeah he's got these leggings like, what'd you say he's got these leggings on but <laughs> he also has it's almost looks like a fu manchu or something yeah 
But why isn't he wearing wearing a shirt? He'd be he'd be cold. Yeah, he would be in the Alps with no shirt on. He's got those leggings though. Now, due to weather in the area where Utsi's body was found, uh, it couldn't be fully examined systematically until July and August of 1992. Um, like, in order to get at some of this stuff, archaeologists had to remove snow and ice with steam blowers, and they found a very well-preserved bearskin cap. They found Utsi's hat. Hmm. Now, since 1998, Utsi has lived in a specially designed cold cell in the South Tyrol Museum of Archaeology in Bolzano in Italy. Utsi weighs approximately 13 kilograms, which is about 29 pounds, and is one and a half meters long. The mummy is regularly sprayed with sterile water to prevent loss of its natural moisture. Same as I am. <laughs> now, Well, yours is... Yours is clarified butter. Right, clarified. I, I get sprayed with ghee. A fine mist of ghee every hour on the hour to lock in my natural juices. <laughs> yeah. You got one of those setups like they got at the grocery store. Right. Where they spray the fresh vegetables. But it's ghee. But it's ghee. <laughs> I taste delicious. <laughs> now, since Utsi is a wet mummy and his tissue, bones, and organs are well-preserved, there have been a lot of examinations on him and his body to learn more about his state of health when he was alive. So examine, examination of the osteons uh, in Utsi's femur uh, put his likely age to be around 45 years old, which was not bad for the copper age. It's not a, not a, he wasn't a young man, basically, ah. in the copper age. So in life, Utsi would have been about 1.6 meters tall. So he's not, not super tall, but... How tall is that? One point six meters in units that I can understand. Oh, in one in in units that you can understand, um, this would be like uh, this would put him at like five and a half feet, roughly. Oh, he's pretty short. It's not that short. <laughs> it's not that short. He's a short king. It's not that short. He's a short king. He's not that short. Short king. He's not that short. <laughs> like I'm some fucking giant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's five and a half feet's fine. <laughs> so, uh, in life, Utsi would have weighed about 50 kilograms, which is about 110 pounds. Squat. Uh, and there was very little fat found on his body. So, scientists basically learned that this was one cut hunk. He was cut. He was cut. Uh, a few clumps of hair were found around the body, indicating that Utsi had dark, medium-long hair, which he wore loose. So, no stylish updos for Utsi. Um, traces of arsenic were found in his hair leading to the conclusion that Utsi was sometime present where metal ores were being smelted. Hot stuff coming through. <laughs> now, during excavations, <laughs> one fingernail and two toenails were retrieved from the site. Um, in, in those fingernails uh, and toenails, horizontal grooves, uh, which are called bows lines, were observed, uh, which is an indication of extreme physical stress. Oh. So it's likely that Utsi had a stressful life. I mean, you know, physically speaking, he did. He did die in a gully. Yeah. On a mountain. And he did live 5,000 years ago. Um, now, during excavation, our, uh, two fleas were also found on Utsi's clothing. And scientists found the oldest evidence of Lyme disease, an infectious disease transmitted by ticks in Utsi's DNA. Wow. Um, they also found that Utsi had uh, the eggs of whipworm 
in his digestive tract. Holy shit. Uh, whipworm is an intestinal parasite. Um, Utsi's teeth were badly worn, much like yours and I, mine were. <laughs> uh, and there's a distinct gap between his upper incisors. So he's got a gap gap in his front teeth. Okay. Um, x-rays discovered significant wear and tear of joints. Utsi's been described as being arthritic, basically. Wow, this um, dude is fucking falling apart. Including hips, shoulders, knees, and spine. Utsi's 12th pair of ribs were missing, a rare genetic anomaly, or possibly a surgery he had performed after hearing about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Tried to suck his own cock. Tried to suck his own cock. Uh, Utsi broke several bones during his lifetime, including several ribs and his nose. This led scientists to conclude that Utsi was in an amateur boxing league with other guys <laughs> who worked at the ore smelting plant. <laughs> Uh, ding 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 endoscopic examinations have shown that Utsi's lungs were soot blackened due to his constant proximity to open fires constant proximity to open fires Utsi our little fire bug oh god <laughs> loves an open fire constant exposure could not stop going to open fires Utsi the moth uh, the contents of Utsi's stomach were examined revealing his diet leading up to the time of his death deer meat bread and greens made up his last meal bread bread so, for a little bit of historical context at the time, I don't know what you consider civilization to be like 5,000 years ago in this part of the world, but... What do I consider it? There were small settlements. There's definitely wizards. Where people lived, and they lived communally in some of these places, maybe up to like 30 or 40 individuals living together in a small settlement, and they would have had community functions like a big oven where everybody could bake bread. So, uh, it's likely that Utsi was part of a settlement... Uh, whether he was, I mean, we'll talk more about his position in society, but he was probably part of a settlement and that's probably where he got things like bread. He wouldn't have been baking bread just on his own out in the wilderness. So um, Utsi's genome has been almost completely decoded. His haplogroup, uh, which is his genetic population group, like genetically the group you belong to, is <clears throat> is very rare in modern day Europe art and is found almost exclusively among inhabitants of the islands of Sardinia and Corsica. So, hmm? That's southern. Yeah. You, you were saying earlier, hmm. he's your people, but too far north. Maybe he's not. my people. Maybe not. Uh, Utsi was genetically predisposed to cardiovascular disease, which manifested itself in the form of arteriosclerosis. So he had hardening arteries, did Utsi. Uh, he was probably lactose intolerant, which... There's a lot of scientific evidence now to suggest that people on the whole were much more lactose intolerant before agriculture really takes hold that widespread. That makes sense. Um, as, 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 as people moved from hunter-gatherers yeah, which to agricultural societies. Utsi's life, they're like half and half, right? They're doing some, maybe some small, there's settlements and stuff, but it's mostly hunter-gatherers. As we move more into agricultural society and farming becomes more of a thing and dairying becomes a thing then people stop stop getting lactose intolerant after that so lactose intolerant much more prevalent in older human society um so um it's also they found out utsi was o positive blood he can donate to anybody universal donor wow um utsi had 61 tattoos on his body get out of town all in the form of lines or crosses um now unlike 
tattoos today. You gave me raw, rad ones of like Garfield that with Texas says I love to suck cock. I wish, but no. Um, there wasn't even like um, I don't know a bowl of spaghetti <laughs> riding a motorcycle through yeah. a flying ring of fire. Damn, or something. nothing cool. No, nothing cool. It's just they lines, had tattoos back then. Just lines and crosses. Sixty-one of them. But here's the thing: lines and crosses. Unlike modern tattoos, these were not made with a needle. Um, what they did to make these tattoos is there were cuts in Utsi's skin into which they rubbed crushed charcoal to make the tattoo. Ugh. And there's a lot of evidence that Utsi had these tattoos done more than one time, you know, that they would fade and they would just go and do it again. They cut lines in the skin and then rub the charcoal in there wow, again. It's really interesting. Um, the tattoos are. God, I wonder look, what those meant. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it right now. Oh, shit. So the tattoos are located near Utsi's rib cage, lumbar spine, wrist, knee, calves, and ankles. Okay. So think about where those are. They're like all near joints or like major bones and muscle alignments. Okay. So scientists don't really still fully understand the significance of these tattoos. They don't have enough context to really understand if there was what, why people, why Utsi would have so many tattoos, right? So they're located in places that would have been covered by clothing most of the time. So they don't seem to have been done for a display purpose. Um, what scientists are sort of operating on now, hypothetically, is that the tattoos were done for therapeutic reasons. Um, they're all located at sites in the body with considerable wear and tear that were probably painful for Utsi. So it's believed that the tattoos were made in an attempt to soothe body pain. Now, this is supported somewhat by the location of the tattoos, um, which are on acupuncture lines that are still used today in modern acupuncture. Mm. So these show up on the same parts of the body that modern acupuncturists might stick needles in you to help um, reduce pain. Um, having said that, Utsi's death predates the earliest recorded use of acupuncture in China by about 2,000 years. So this is big news if it's really therapeutic and there's a connection with acupuncture. Yeah. Because this is way before we have recorded evidence of acupuncture. Right. Um, but still interesting nonetheless. The tattoo's a bit of a mystery. Now, through all these rigorous examinations on Utsi's body, scientists have begun to try to build a picture of who Utsi was as a person. Even if these conclusions are a little controversial, right? Like anytime you go back in time, they're making some judgments here, right? Mm. There's some speculation involved. Um, so tissue samples from Utsi's body and other accompanying materials were eventually analyzed at several scientific institutions. And the results all agree that the remains belong to someone who lived between 3,359 and 3,105 BCE. Uh, so this is around 5,000 years ago as of this recording. You're listening to this a thousand years from now. Make it six thousand. God help you. God help you. <laughs> I hope society's advanced to where this podcast is no longer relevant at all. But who knows? Uh, Uzi's body was found with a copper axe, as we mentioned. Um, and this axe, interestingly, is the only one of its kind known to remain in the world. Wow. This is the only. This is the only type of axe like this that we have preserved. Why would history. they use copper, which is a pretty malleable metal, right? Well. In the development of like smelting and ore smelting and like it wouldn't building be pure metals, copper, it would have been like, like this copper was easier to work with. Yeah, so they didn't need as high a heat, and so that's like the first thing they go to is like after making stone tools, which doesn't need 
any heat. You can just flake away at it. This is the first like foray for people into metalworking mm. and copper is easy to work with. Um, but this axe, um, the copper axe, scientists believe this identifies Utsi as a man of status in his time. Wow. And he is a they, short king. They, yeah, they might be. They say this because the copper axe, the copper used in the construction of the axe was imported from Tuscany. Despite the fact that the Alpine region where Utsi was found was known to be smelting copper around the time of his death. So there was local copper available, yet Utsi has this axe with copper from further south. Whoa. So somebody had, he had, this is like a traded item, basically. Like, they've imported this copper. Um, now, some people claim that Utsi was a traitor uh, because, his, because of this and because his body was found in proximity to trading routes in the Alps. But Utsi didn't have anything on his person that's been recovered from the site that would identify him as being, like, actively trading goods. Like, there's no evidence for it, basically. He could be, but there's no evidence. Others have suggested that Utsi was a shepherd, uh, mainly because Utsi's leg and hip bones, uh, which indicated that Utsi walked long distances over hilly terrain. I mean, is it just because you have to walk to get everywhere, or is it because you're a shepherd? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so uh, Utsi was definitely a hunter, evidenced by the gear found with his body, but this was a necessity of most people in the Alps at the time. So he's probably not like a... Hunter, professional hunter. hunter like it's just like hey i gotta carry this around. i have to hunt yeah to survive um now some have suggested that utsi was a fugitive from the law at the time uh the fact that he had repaired his equipment some of his clothing and uh gear was repaired with stitches that he did himself um and there's evidence in some of the gear that he was trying to repair some of his items while he was out and about in the alps so this has led people to say Maybe he's a, a, a fugitive from the law. Um, the makeshift manner of some of these repairs leads people to believe that it had been a long time since Utsi had been in a settlement. So there's that too. Um, but now let's get to the main event. How did Utsi die? Yeah. At first it was thought that Utsi had died in an accident in the mountains. Like he got caught in a bad winter storm and perished from exposure or he fell into an unseen crevasse and died. It was only in 2001 that a doctor examining Utsi's x-rays noticed a flint arrowhead in his left shoulder. Whoa. Further analysis of the body revealed a two-centimeter entry wound on Utsi's back. The arrow shattered Utsi's scapula and severed his subclavian artery, indicating that Utsi bled to death within a matter of minutes. Jesus Christ. The arrowhead broke off when the arrow shaft was removed, and is still in Utsi's body. So the, the arrowhead's still inside of him today. The shape of the arrowhead corresponds to that of other flint arrowheads found in the area, including the ones Utsi was carrying himself. Utsi also suffered a severe head injury, probably at the same time as the arrow wound. This could have been caused by a fall or somebody hitting him in the head. All of this led scientists to conclude that Utsi was murdered. A few days before his death, researchers believe Utsi was involved in hand-to-hand -hand combat and received a deep cut on his right hand. The evidence suggests that Utsi was being pursued and was confronted by one or more attackers. Researchers are unsure why Utsi was killed. His copper axe would have been quite valuable at the time, uh, so it's still unknown why Utsi's killer didn't steal the axe. Hmm. 
A research team in 2003 discovered blood from multiple individuals on items recovered from Utsi's body, things like a dagger and arrows and his cloak. Researchers speculated that Utsi shot two different people with his arrow, each time managing to retrieve the arrow from his victim. He missed his last target, shattering, shattering the arrow shaft, and Utsi died before he could fix his weapon. It's also been put forward that Utsi may have carried a comrade some distance, uh, which would explain some of the other traces of blood found on his body. Now, by analyzing pollen and maple leaves in Utsi's birch bark containers, botanists have determined that the time of his death was early summer or spring. So they, they can tell from the type of plant life that was around his body when he died, which is crazy. Um, now, while the murder and accidental preservation theory has become the sort of the standard going idea about Utsi's death, um, there are some alternative ideas out there. Some people say that Utsi was buried formally and the artifacts found with him were things that he was carrying with him, were not things he was carrying with him when he was killed, but were purposefully left there for his journey to the afterlife. The hypothesis, uh, this hypothesis posits that Utsi was likely left to rest for a few months in a controlled open air environment, thus desiccating the corpse. When the mountain pass became accessible where his body was being held, Utsi may have been formally buried on the mountain peak to signal the political control over the tribe. Uh, the political control over the tribe. Ooh, Andy just uh, had an Utsi in his pants I, there. Had an Utsi in my mouth. Uh. Um, Utsi, I got my tongue tied. So, uh, Basically, it was like a they flag, may have buried, flag on the fucking. They may have buried Utsi on this peak yeah. as a sign of his status within the community. Right. Okay. Because he was either a leader within the tribe, or in the settlement, or he was a leader over some type of territory in their region. Makes sense. Um. So Utsi was buried high up on the mountain. Uh. So he, they believe he might have been placed there as a sign of respect. This interpretation accounts for some oddities, or what people feel are oddities such as how scientists aren't really sure how the body got preserved. You know, it, they can tell that it was exposed to the air, but it wasn't subject to predation. Um, it somehow was preserved just by dry air. If it's in a controlled fashion where people have like set up a place to store the body, it makes a little, that makes that make a little more sense. Um, they, they see things like unfinished arrows being present as a sign of um, them giving him things so that he can finish these arrows in the afterlife. Um, shoes have been described as unsuitable for climbing. These are like goat skin shoes that he's wearing that were stuffed with dried grass. Whoa. Um, so some people feel like these, like what he was wearing was unsuitable for climbing in the Alps, that it wouldn't have been uh, sturdy, hardy enough equipment, basically. Um, and just the fact that Utsi had so much stuff found with him, people feel like this is too much stuff. Like you wouldn't carry this much stuff going on a trip in the Alps. Right. Like you would you wouldn't have brought this much stuff with you naturally. So some people have taken this um hypothesis a little bit further, suggesting that Utsi was ritually sacrificed and ceremonially buried. Jesus. As evidence, researchers point out that Celtic people are believed to have performed ritual sacrifice by shooting the offering in the back with an arrow. So you could go either way here. A lot of people think this might also be a sign of Utsi's standing within his community, that he was worthy of a sacrifice like this. Right. This was a, a noble way to die, that they shot him in the back with an arrow. They preserved to, tried to preserve his body and buried it high up on the mountain. Now, I, hey, everything's checking out so far. Yeah. Now, while all this Copper Age mummy shit is pretty cool or whatever, oink, oink, some people say Utsi the Iceman is cursed as hell. Whoa. 
The allegation revolves around the deaths of several people connected to the discovery, recovery, and subsequent examination of Utsi. It is alleged that all these people have died under mysterious circumstances. To date, the deaths of seven people, of which four were accidental, have been attributed to the alleged curse of Utsi, the Iceman. So let's start with the very first victim of Utsi's curse. Forensic expert Dr. Rainer Hen, who placed the mummy in a body bag with his bare hands, died in a car crash in 1992 on his way to a conference where he was going to discuss Utsi. Whoa. Next, the Alpine guide Kurt Fritz, who guided Dr. Hen to Utsi's body and also organized transportation by helicopter of the mummified remains. Uh, Kurt Fritz was killed by an avalanche in a mountainous area he knew well. He was a mountain climber. He knew the area well. Killed in an avalanche. He was in a, he was in a hiking party. He was the only one in the party to die from the avalanche. Whoa. Uh, next, we have journalist Rainer Holes, who filmed the recovery of the Iceman and died of a brain tumor only a month after releasing his documentary on Utsi's excavation. Now, one of Utsi's discoverers, Helmut Simon, died in 2004. On Friday, 15th of October, 2004, Helmut set out from Bad Hofgestein in Salzburg province to climb the 2,467 meter, which is about 8,000 feet, um, Gamskargokel. Gamskarkogel. 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 The mountain. You know, the famous mountain. The, the Gamskarkogel. mountain. In Salzburg. Now, it should have been around a four-hour climb. Not, no problem for an experienced climber like Helmut, right? But he was alone. Uh, more than half a meter of fresh snow had fallen, and temperatures were very cold, close to freezing. And he brought along his distant cousin. His distant cousin. Nick Simon. Nick Simon. <laughs> and strangely enough... Helmut Simon was never seen again, and neither was Nick Simon. Um, on the 18th of October, 2004, it was reported that Helmut had been missing for three days, and search efforts had failed. Helmut's body was discovered eight days later, dead on the side of a snowy mountain, supposedly buried under snow and ice, just like Utsi, dead from an apparent 300 feet fall. Whoa, dude, this is getting wild. Helmut's death also allegedly led to the death of Dieter Varnicki, head of the mountain rescue team searching for Helmut and who died of a heart attack within an hour of attending Helmut's funeral. What the fuck? Yeah. Come on. Conrad Spindler, head of the Iceman investigation team at Innsbruck University, died in 2005, apparently from complications related to multiple sclerosis. Spindler was aware of the curse theories and used to joke, quote, the next victim could be me, end quote. About the curse, Spindler said, quote, I think it's a load of rubbish. It is all a media hype. The next thing you will be saying, I will be next, end quote. And then he died. Dude! And finally, Dr. Tom Loy, who carried out groundbreaking DNA analysis on the corpse, died in 2005, just like Spindler. Dr. Loy's team were the discoverers of the DNA of multiple people on the artifacts found with Utsi's body. The cause of Dr. Loy's death was not definitively known. The coroner said it was not foul play, but it could have been natural causes, an accident, or both. Dr. Loy's brother, Gareth, said that shortly after starting work on Utsi, Dr. Loy was diagnosed with a hereditary blood clotting condition, and they ultimately believed that's what took his life. 
pretty creepy stuff. Now, of course, our skeptics say these deaths are coincidental and can in no way tied, be tied back to Utsi. They say hundreds of people have worked with Utsi's body and on the projects surrounding the Iceman. And if there really were a curse, a lot more people should be dead by now. That's pretty much all skeptics have to say. Jeez, sounds like they're uh, maybe have a secret agenda themselves. These skeptics want to see a little bit more death. They want to see a few more people. There connect- should be a lot more people dead. Wink, wink. We'd expect more people dead connected to this Iceman. Yeah, okay. Now, Spilblunkers, this is easily the coldest case I think we've ever tackled. Oh, yeah. And it's really hard to say with any certainty what exact- exactly happened to Utsi the Iceman up there in that alpine slope. It's also really hard to say if being mummified just makes your everlasting spirit resent the living for some reason or something. What else could explain why mummies are so cursed? What's up with that? All mummies are cursed. But I'll tell you, B, for something. When I die, I want to be mummified. Oh, Oh. sure. Oh, sure. I've kicked around the idea of being taxidermied, placed upon my open-faced toilet, my lifeless, dead, shark-like eyes forever staring into nothingness, my ass silent forevermore. But at the end of the day... I don't really think art will take care of my taxidermied corpse the way it deserves. Oh. So I've decided to become a mummy. Just a word of warning, though. Don't disturb my body after several centuries or I will definitely unleash a horrible curse. It's it's how it has to be. If you find my dead, bloated, fat, disgusting corpse, I know it will be tempting to unravel every layer of tortilla in which I've been wrapped. <laughs> but you'll only find curses within. Don't do it. Leave it alone. Leave the temptation alone. If you're really looking for something to unwrap, why not instead peel back the tortilla shell on the whole enchilada? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes! Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes! Can a roller coaster really kill you? 
Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. Welcome back. That was our research into Ootsy, the Iceman. Oh, man. Art, I know you were chilling that whole time. You were, you had that frozen look on your face. Um, Call me fucking Princess Elsa because it's fucking frozen in here. <laughs> Art, you need to let I it go. I want to build a goddamn snowman. Art, you need to let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Art, what do you think about Ootsy? I think this is cool. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> thanks everybody remember to send us your teeth <laughs> we um, need those teeth baby no well first of all isn't it neat i think science is really neat in this capacity like how much information we can fucking tell just from some old ass fucking body isn't that neato you know we shit on eggheads a lot and they deserve and they it. deserve it they deserve it this is one instance where eggheads are doing pretty cool and i gotta say um, they've come up with some kick-ass theories about Utsi's life and times. Although we do have to caveat this, right? This is all mostly speculation. Yeah. Uh, when scientists try to build these things, like when archaeologists, when uh, we have like no clue, anthropologists do this, they make a lot of assumptions based on what they can see in the way that they think people would have used stuff. But at the end of the day, they don't really know for sure. No, they don't. Like for example, Utsi, they don't know a lot about Utsi's community. Because Utsi wasn't found with any pottery. Pottery is like one of the biggest ways that scientists identify what type of culture people belong to. Hmm. Because they can make some speculations based on where Utsi lived and the time he was around. But without some of these more lasting artistic pieces, because, you know, pottery is something that took some time to make. People usually made it pretty artistic. And it's one of those things that people just... Ancient people did in a way that was unique to their own culture. Right. So they don't really know what kind of culture group Utsi was a part of. The stuff that they found with him is sort of generic for the region, for the time. It would have yeah. been more widespread stuff. So they don't know a lot about Utsi's day-to-day. Like, where is what his community was like. Yeah, I mean, that's the shitty part is, like, we can we can tell these things, like, well, this is probably how he died, uh, but we don't know why. Like, it's like, what was the reasoning behind it, the thought process? I think that's the thing that interests people. And you know this whole fight thing, the whole him getting shot in the back by assailants? Even that's up for debate. That That's become a very popular... He could just have had an arrow in his back. Right. We don't know really for sure. Right. Um, you know, they say based on, you know, what they see with the damage done by the arrow, they speculate that, yeah, that probably like I said, that he would have, that when he got shot with the arrow, he probably died very soon thereafter because it like shattered his scapula and severed an artery. <laughs> so it was bad, but I, I mean, never could shake it off. But nevertheless, there's some, there's some speculation about the circumstances around it. Yeah, I wrote a note that became obsolete earlier. I, I made a note to say that, isn't it kind of funny that this guy is just like some ancient klutz and like now we're like fucking <laughs> studying him and like years later, like he was just like, oh, God, I fell. Oops. I assume that he died falling into the gully. Yeah, that's what, that's what they thought too. Yeah. And that's what makes sense because what, how else would this guy get preserved? 
Now, is it also possible that he fell into this gully and they had no way to get him out? And they were just like, well, we don't want you to suffer. And they shot him in the back and killed him. But to put him out of his misery to me still, it makes if he did die when they said he died. Then his corpse should have rotted and been eaten. Yeah, but it did not Yeah. So what? How many how many times in the show? Are we talking about bodies that get left somewhere in wild places? Almost every week. Every week. And there's never any remains, right? Because yeah. because animals come along and they're very efficient and they scavenge everything mm-hmm. and there's nothing left. This is one of those weird times where this body was left out in the open. This dry, cold air preserved it long enough that it could get encased in ice and snow. And because of the glacial thickness, Mm -hmm. it stayed covered in ice and snow until the 90s when finally there was enough global warming. Thank you, global warming. We appreciate you you for doing this, for revealing our past. That it melted his ass. It melted his ass, his little butthole sticking straight up in the snow, and it allowed people to make this discovery. Isn't it more, so I looked at the photos, isn't it more like, it's actually a little bit more savage. It's like, he's like, looks like he's clawing to like get out. Yeah, he's like, He's like, looks like he's sitting and like his arms are forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to know whether the body was like that when he died yeah, or, like or if someone if moved somebody around or yeah. if like time changed it or whatever. Even though it's not true, it is a funny idea to be like some ancient klutz just like, oh shit, fuck. Oh fuck, I died. <laughs> he slips and dies and then like, honestly, there are probably a lot of people died that way in the Alps. <laughs> true. Like they probably did die that way. It's crazy, man. It's just like this guy has so many fucking diseases and things wrong with him. And he's like, looks so old, but he's 45. 45, It's awful for 45. Yeah. He looks worse than me when I was 45. And I didn't exactly look good. That's, I mean, if that doesn't tell you that like, it's crazy what we can do with modern tech and medicine. It's like, I mean, it's just wild, man. Yeah, it's it's so nuts to me that Every, even a little sprained ankle would have fucked you. You would have been done. Yeah, sorry, that's it. That was your life. Well, I mean, it's like he's four. I mean, human body at this point in the copper age just gets so much more wear and tear mm. than our bodies do because we have. I think you. I think it's like we forget about how easy things get made for us. Because mm-hmm. like I'm thinking about Utsi, and you hear this a lot when they find well-preserved bodies that these bodies aren't that old. They all have fucking arthritis. Yeah. Like he's 45 and he's arthritic in like every part of his body. Wow. His whole body is just riddled with like all of it, like moving. He had to do everything by hand. Yeah. Every single Everything's thing. a struggle. So like think about this guy who's fucking climbing the Alps mm-hmm. with arthritis because there's just no other choice. Like this is where you live. You have to do it. Like it must have been so painful. Yeah, living must living had to suck. It did. I mean, it's just like maybe he just like crawled up there to like die. Yeah. What do you feel? Utsi's story, murdered in the Alps versus killed somewhere else and brought there. I think killed some. It's like, dude, how did that guy get preserved though? That's the thing. It's like if they put him somewhere in the middle of summer. Or spring, how did he get preserved? So the going cold enough up there. Yeah, the going hypothesis is that he was high enough in the mountain that the air that's blowing around up there, even in the summer and the spring, is cold enough 
to preserve the body and dry enough to preserve the body. Mm. And then eventually he gets caught in a storm or whatever. The body gets buried under snow and ice and song of ice and fire. A song of ice and fire. It gets buried in the text of George R. R. Martin and dies there. It becomes he died waiting for the last book. Died waiting for the, the last several books. Several. It's going to be more than one. Article. Oh God. Winds of winter will not be the end. Even if he finishes Winds of Winter, he's got at least one more book to do. He should just he should just pick an ending and go for it. Not try to like figure out something that people haven't figured out. Like make it Jon Snow, just do it. He has an ending already. He does. He's picked the ending. Yeah. People have already guessed it on the internet. He's already said that that people have guessed the ending, but he doesn't care. It's already the ending. Like it's the only ending that it can have. Mm-hmm. You know, in his mind, the way he's written it, right? Well, the way that he wants to write it, it's gonna be Jon Snow. See, the problem is, he took all these characters. <laughs> he took he took all these characters to um, to to um, Essos, right? They're all together in wherever they are. Which city is it? I forget now. You're looking at me. I didn't even read the books. But you know, I'm it's not a like fucking nerd. Tyrion is there and Daenerys is there. And oh, is this the one that starts with M? Yeah, yeah. Um th- yeah, that that triggered my memory, but I can't still come up with a name. But um that city that starts with an M, uh one of those slave cities that she took over. Um so they're all over there. And now he's got this problem of trying to unwind all this. Mm-hmm. Like it made sense to get everybody together, but now he's got to try and unwind this and get them out of there and like start moving back to Westeros. And that's the challenge. Mirren? Hmm? Mirren? Yeah. Mirren. Helen Mirren. They're all inside Helen Mirren. <laughs> um, Marine. Marine. That's, that's it. it. Close enough. He's called this problem the Mirrenese Knot. Yeah, he's a fucking dork. This is the bird who's not. Um, I think that if I was going to cast a diabetes patient in a film, <laughs> it would be George R.R. R. Martin. The man, the man looks and like... what a need. The man looks like he should ride a rascal. <laughs> Shaped like a train. He looks like he should be on a mobility scooter 24-7. He does. <laughs> he should fucking write some more. Yeah. You don't need your legs to write. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they've been amputated. You can write without legs. Look at us, fucking two hacks, trying to tell some dude. Yeah, when was the last time I did anything with my life? Never. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I mean, they were popular books, but this is the fantasy genre. And they were popular. And I'm not saying that they're bad books or that I'm belittling his work. But in the grand scheme of things, without the TV show, nobody's talking about these books. Yeah. I read read them before I knew the TV show would even be a thing. No, you didn't. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I don't think that was true. Yeah, it's true. Really? Mm-hmm. I read them years before the TV show. Years? Mm-hmm. I was reading these books in like 2013. 2012, 2013. Oh my God. When did the TV show come out? Uh, are you sure? When did the TV show come out? I don't think that's true. It is true. I read the books well before the TV no, show. No, some person you knew was like, hey, you got to read these books. Yeah. All right. I'm looking it up, Bunk Funkers. When did Game of Thrones start? Game of Thrones. Oh, it aired in 2011. Wow. 
Wow, caught him in his own lie. Look at that, Bunk Bunkers. Wow. Then when did I read him? I don't know. Huh. Maybe my timeline is all off. Your timeline is so fucked up, dude. I'm telling you. You read them after the show was out. Because you were thinking about watching the show or something. And then some dude was like, yeah, but you got to read the books. And you were like, oh, all right. I'll give him a shot. You told me the story before. Yeah. Well, I have to repiece this in my mind. Fuck. See? Look. Even with Utsi, the ice, it's like time. Time, man. Everything... Everything we had the historical away. evidence of like those pages with your DNA. Man, it's hard to believe that started in 2011. Jeez, that shit was on for a long Dude, time. Dude, you huh? go watch scenes from that first season and it's like so low budget and sad. It's like kind of funny. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny because in, I mean, maybe spoilers, but. Well, spoilers I, for Game of Thrones. Spoiler for House of the Dragon too. There's a, there's a royal hunt. And so if you remember in the first season, there's also a quote unquote royal hunt where. You know, Robert Baratheon. Bobby goes, B gets stabbed by a boar. Well, okay, spoiler, but yes. It's uh, ultimately what leads to his death bunkers. Yes. And so, um, but that royal hunt is pathetic because it's like four dudes in a forest walking around because they didn't have the budget to do an actual royal hunt in the Kingswood, you know, where there's giant pageantry. And so George R. R. Martin was always like, ah, I didn't like that because didn't, it didn't look like a royal hunt. It just looked like four dudes walking around. <laughs> but then in House of the Dragon, they make up for it because they do like a huge, like a fucking. Yeah, that's like good. All, all these fucking people. So this thing started in April 2011, the show. Yeah. And you would have just arrived in Chicago. You would have only been here. There's no way I read those books before that couple show months. started airing. Yeah. Huh. You didn't start watching the show until. Uh, I don't think you had started watching the show until. It at least had had a couple seasons. I know that. That must be true. It has to be true. I felt like I was watching it all along, but maybe there were just enough seasons. Because I didn't start watching the show until past The Red Wedding. Yeah. And I didn't start watching the show until 2014, 2015. All right. You might be right. Because I definitely read all the books before I watched the show. Um, so maybe that was the whole thing. As I watched, as I was, I was reading the books... While the show was airing, I read the books and then I watched the show. Bunkfuckers, I'm sure this is riveting content to listen to. You're yeah, watching, me trying to remember my life. You're watching archaeology happen in real time. This, so if you don't like this, you fucking hate this topic. I guess you don't like. I guess you don't like Ootsie because <laughs> this is Ootsie 2.0. You're to Ootsie. My 2. memories 0. were locked in ice. You have arthritis. Yeah, you have bad arteries. You're probably gonna fall off of a mountain at some point in right. your life. I have guys chasing me all the time with bows and arrows. I'm going to get shot in the back eventually. It's only a matter of time. Uh, man, getting shot in the back, thats a, that to me tells me that that's like... <laughs> the way you said that, it sounded like this is going to be some like stand-up comedy bit. Man, getting shot in the back. Uh, wow. I got to tell you. What's the deal with getting shot in the back? I got to tell you, getting shot in the back, it's like, hey, just stab me in the front, okay? <laughs> I've had a few ex-girlfriends who thought it was fun to shoot me in the back. I said, I don't like pegging. <laughs> that would have been way too risque for an 80s stand-up comic. Pegging. Anyway, my butthole wasn't ready for that. <laughs> but being shot in the back. That's my time. <laughs> You've been a terrific audience. I sound like a mix of um, Jimmy, Jimmy Balmer from fucking South Park and... Um, 
You sound like a Rob Schneider character. Yeah, I do like sound like a Rob Schneider character. But getting shot in the back really makes you think that it's like he was being chased because it doesn't feel ceremonial to me in mm-hmm. any capacity. Yeah. So, because like, you just, that's such a, what a, that's not, like, people in the copper age are not going to be like, oh, this is going to cut his artery and kill him. Right. They would know that if you cut someone's throat or stab someone in the heart, okay, that's an instant death. Kill someone in the skull, instant death. Why? Like, I just can't see a world where humans are like, shoot him in the back of the shoulder. Right. In the shoulder. It's a weird, it's a weird place to shoot. Yeah. It's an area that you would shoot if you wanted to keep someone alive. Or if you're just firing. Yeah. Hoping to hit them. So I think for me, I'm going to go, I think he was either killed in some kind of fight. He had to have had some kind of status of some sort. Or he was being chased. I don't think he would be chased up a mountain. Yeah. Doesn't really make sense. Well, why would you chase someone up a mountain? So there's kind of a, um, look, all the sources are good for this. Um, like the, the, the Innsbruck museum has a good like resource on all the scientific research and all that stuff. Um, I think it's on the Wikipedia page where there's like a timeline reconstructed of Utsi's last like day and a half of his life. And, I think what it says basically is like he was he he was on the mountain. He descended into the mountain. He got into like he had some he had some altercation in the past with some people and he went to the mountain like he owed some people some money. Like presumably he goes to the mountain to kind of hide out. He descends down from the mountain. He gets into this second altercation where his hand gets wounded and stuff like that. And then he he goes back up the mountain and they chase him up there basically and so he's kind of on the run. Um, he's kind of eating along the way and stuff. And then they catch him and he dies, basically. I'm looking at the timeline right now. Yeah, it is pretty did I, neat. There's did I did I like say that correctly? Yeah, he has a meal. He descends to the valley. He gets in a fight. Uh, there's a stab wound on his hand. Then he's fucking around. He has another meal. Then he goes into back up into the mountains. So maybe, yeah, he maybe he's retreating into the mountains as like, oh, fuck, I got to get away. Yeah. Like, these guys are going to get me. Right. Let me go up into the mountains where it's safe because they won't trek up here or something. And who knows? This could be like a territorial dispute, a political dispute. Maybe these are people of his own settlement or tribe yeah, turning trying to him. overthrow him. Um, maybe these are a rival group trying to take over the area he controls. That being said, why wouldn't they steal his cool axe? Yeah, it's a great question. Because... You know, as we talked about, this axe would have been fucking badass. This would have been badass. It's it was plus, plus two axe, plus three maybe. It, it was. It's well made. It had many uses. <laughs> Obviously, you can use it for chopping lumber and stuff, cutting down trees. But it's also a weapon, uh, and could be used that way. And it's a status symbol. It's very valuable. Uh, again, it's imported copper from um, Tuscany, so the finest Tuscan copper in this axe. Um, so it would have been something that like a lot of people in that region wouldn't have at that time. Not many people would have had an axe like this. Yeah, it just makes so, me think that like So if he was being pursued by people, you know, you have the possibility that maybe I don't know, like he bleeds out so fast though from this wound if you if you buy that like aspect of it. It's like they wouldn't have had I I mean I guess I'm thinking like oh they shoot him, he kind of like hides and gets away. And then, and then dies. just dies on his own and they don't see him and they don't know where he is. And but, he falls down a gully and so you're like, well, I'm not going down there. Right. 
but who knows? It's so hard to say. Yeah. You could build up a hundred different stories out of it. Yeah. They, I think they, they construct that timeline just based on like what they see with the body and the wounds and then what they can examine from his stomach contents and things like that. Because he had his last meal not very long before he died. Right. So, you know, I think the assumption there is that he wasn't mortally wounded when he ate that meal. But that happened after the fact. Now, Otsi had, Otsi had an interesting life, right? But what about all these curses, huh? Seven people dead so far. It's kind of wild. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I get it. Sure, skeptics. Sure, there's hundreds of people that have worked on it, and they're fine. But this is weird. This is pretty weird, right? Come on. Where does this stack up in some of the curses we've talked about on this show? This is a strong curse. You think this is a good... How do you compare this to, say, like another historical mummified remains disturbance? This is stronger than that... Timurlenk. Timurlenk guy that we talked about. Timur's... Timur's curse. You think this is better than that? Way stronger. Okay. Why do you say that? Because it's more personal? Yeah, I'm a caveman. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, like... These were people that actually touched the body, whereas that was like, yeah, like a huge geopolitical, huge geopolitical, like uh, inexorable World War II stuff. Right. And just happened to coincide with them unearthing this. It's like weird timing type of deal. Yeah. Um, who had nothing to do with the two political parties conflicting at all. Right. Um, if, if it was, it would be different if it was like people in India uncovered that dude's body and then like a bunch of people died. Because that dude, you know, burnt Delhi to the ground like right. four different times. So, so. yeah, yeah. The, the Sultan of Delhi came into uh, Uzbekistan and uh, messed with the corpse of Tamerlane, and then right. Delhi burned to the ground unexplained. Um, no, I think this stacks up way higher. For wow, sure. For wow. Sure. This has way more curse potential. Okay. Um, circumstances surrounding people's deaths. Do you feel differently in terms of a curse when it's things like, um. Died in a car accident the year after the body was found versus died over a decade later from complications related to multiple sclerosis. Okay, that one. Do you feel differently about those? Yeah. And and why? I mean, it's MS, dude. It's like, you know. Do you think that he, do you think he would have gotten MS if it weren't for uh, Uzi? I don't know how you get MS. I don't know either, to be honest. I think it's genetic. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I have no fucking clue. I don't know. I sound like a real uninformed idiot right now, but I don't it's, know. I mean, why? It's, that's okay. I don't think you need to fucking shoot or like yourself. or like hereditary blood clotting disease that doesn't get discovered until after you start working on Uzi's, you know, DNA project. It's a little sus. A little sus. Okay. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm gonna go present at a conference about this guy, and then I die on the way there. Very sus. That's very sus. Very sus. Or the um, I'll never remember the names, but the the filmmaker. Who who shot the Nick Simon Jr. recovery? Nick Simon Jr. Nick Simon's son, Nick Simon Jr. Son of Simon. Son of. <laughs> that was a bit this week, wasn't it? The uh, one month after the documentary gets released, dies brain tumor. It's kind of sus. <laughs> and then of course there's uh, Helmut Simon, who. Literally, climbing. literally gets lost on a mountain and dies. Very sus. Two people died in climbing accidents connected to this. You have Helmut Simon and you have um, the the climber that 
brought the doctor to the body the very first, you know, helped locate the body on the mountainside after the Simons found it. Both, I mean, pretty strange, died in an avalanche, only one in the party to die. Everybody else survived. And Guy was an experienced climber. So was Helmut Simon. I don't think I'm touching this body anytime soon. (laughs) Well, good news, you can't. They keep it in this... It's like a, it's sort of like a morgue almost. Like they keep it on this really cold slab. It's in a humidity controlled environment. The slab. It's like negative three degrees Fahrenheit or something, uh, or negative three Celsius. I don't know. Um, and it's ninety nine percent humidity. And there's like a little glass window, like a little porthole. You can go and you can see the body, the actual body of Utsi the Iceman. Why so humid? Because it's a wet mummy. He's preserved in moisture, so he needs moisture. I don't understand how any of that works. If he if he gets dried out, the body will start to decompose again. It'll just start to desiccate. So like the the ice and the snow is what was keeping it preserved. So if they do, let it get dry, it'll just wither away. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's very creepy. Very creepy. Um, you're not touching this body. Are you thinking about touching a verdict here? I'll I'll fucking finger a verdict all day long. All right, Arch, ready to finger finger I'll his verdict. finger bang this verdict every day, dude. <laughs> oh my god, this is getting very sexy. Bunkers. Me and this verdict are on a Ferris wheel. Up, it's pausing at the top. The verdict is wearing a skirt and no panties. And this is highly. There's a mutual attraction there between me and the verdict. The verdict's already wet. Yeah, no lube needed. This verb. This verdict is is ready. This is one wet mummy. Yeah. Oh, it's wet. We've already been necking me and this verdict for a little while. We're going steady. I think so. Maybe after. Yeah, let's finger this verdict. Let's finger this verdict. All right, go ahead. Insert one finger and then the uh, other. I'm going plausible minus that this is a real curse. Wow. Very curse. That's pretty close to plausible. Yeah, I think that this is, this is as plausible as we've gotten with a few curses we've looked at. I don't like this curse. I'm not going to touch this body anytime <laughs> soon. And, uh, you know, I just think that uh, statistically, though, the curse is not very strong. It's not a strong curse. Um, you know, I'm sure we've never there's a, there's a lot of cursed objects we haven't looked at. I'm sure there's got to be some more stronger curses that we haven't seen. But um, this one's up there, man. This is this is some weird curse. OK, um, do you want to do an extra bonus verdict on how did Otzi die? Oh, yeah. This doesn't count. Oh, yeah. This doesn't count, Beefers, so don't write this down. This is not a legit, this, this is, is just a for fun verdict. This is just a for fun verdict. Yeah. The official verdict for art is right. plausible minus. Right. I think I'm going to go case confirmed that, um, you know, I, or, or, you know, plausible plus plus, whatever you want to say, that he, um, he was in some battles, because that's cool. He, he goes down the mountain. Jane's Jane's addiction song coming down the mountains playing. He's going down the mountain and he sees some shit. Some shit goes down. You know, there's some fighting going on. And then, um, yeah, I think he retreats back up the mountain and some motherfuckers follow him up there because they want his badass axe. He's like, you'll never, you'll never fucking touch my axe. And they shoot him in the back and he does like a oh, spin move. Ah. and he falls down the gully and dies and the other dudes are like oh fuck where'd he go they look for him 
He can't get his axe. He dies with that axe. They'll never have it. They never got it. They got wow. to keep that badass axe. Yeah. And then they go back down the mountain. I do I think that his his tribe was taken over. I think he was he was royalty. He got ousted. Okay. Because he's got that badass axe. He's right. got cool tattoos. He's got badass axe. He's withering away. Other people in the tribe are like, listen, Utsi's getting old as fuck. We need we need new leadership in this tribe. He's over 40 years old. He's he's past his life expectancy. Very old. We need some we need to shake some shit up. We should not be picking berries. We should be hunting deer. More deer. If I get elected, bigger ovens, better bread, better Shamwas. The antelope that live up there in the Alps. Yeah. We need more shamwows. It's me, Vince. <laughs> from Shamwow. And so um I think that's what happened. I think that Utsi got ousted. Wow. I think Utsi got ousted. Utsi got ousted. Well, he got ousted one way or another. Ousted from life. Yeah. Good verdicts. Thank wow. Uh, so I guess it's my turn yeah, go ahead. to get on the Ferris wheel. Right. Uh, but I'm alone, so I guess I'll be fingering my own butthole here. Um I'm going to go ahead and go case closed on the curse because you know me. I hate having fun. I don't enjoy anything that's, that's whimsical. Alone. Uh, that's why I'm alone figuring my own butthole on a Ferris wheel. No need to wait till we get to the top. Just get into it. Dig in. Um, I don't like having fun. I don't like when anybody else has fun. So I'm going case closed. On the curse. These are all coincidental. Yeah, I'm such go. a skeptic. Guess sure, what? Sure you are. There's so many other people that didn't die. Why didn't Erica Simon die? She never met Nick Simon. She never met Nick Simon. Yeah. Then she would definitely want to die after that. Um, as for my verdict on Utsi's death, <laughs> I'm going to give myself a plausible plus for my own hypothesis about what it's happened. different from mine. Slightly different. Wow. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think that Utsi was in some sort of a conflict here. I think there's like a territorial or a leadership conflict within Utsi's settlement um, or areas that Utsi controlled. And I'm going to say that Utsi had two parties, that there were some people who supported him and there were some people who against him. And I think this was all part of like probably the same type of group of people. I think that Utsi went into the mountains in hiding um, to sequester himself and he comes down from the mountain to do whatever because you can't probably just live on the mountain all by yourself. He has to come down to like forage or do whatever. Some of these guys that are opposed to him see him. They get in a fight. Utsi wins or he does just enough to get away. Goes back up to the mountain. He's hiding out there. These guys are following him. They chase him up there. Guess what? Also, some of Utsi's loyalists go up there. Whoa. These guys are chasing Utsi through the mountains and they catch up to him. And they shoot the fatal arrow that kills him. Utsi's loyalists are right there, though. They stop these other guys from destroying the body, stealing anything. Oh, they chase shit. him off. But Utsi dies while this is happening because he bleeds out too fast. Yeah. So when they get to Utsi, he's already dead. They take snap the arrow out of his back. The arrowhead's stuck in his body forever. They, they place the corpse someplace where it's preserved. They leave all his equipment with him as a sign of respect. Um... And then he gets naturally preserved. Snow and ice. Snow and ice. I just I like that. I think it's a cool story. I just can't <laughs> believe that they wouldn't take his axe. But sign of respect. These were loyalists. Yeah, ancient cultures did did stuff like that. They didn't think through things lot. They didn't use things always logic. It was always like, well, there's an afterlife. They'll take it with them. There's a link to there's a link to a, a history channel show in the show notes. Um 
which I don't remember what the show is called, like Digging Up the Past or something like that. Um, with the history his, of the male G spot with Brad Meltzer, yeah. G, male G spot decoded with, with Brad, Brad Meltzer. Meltzer. There, are, there's always one of those episodes included <laughs> in the show notes, but this is not specifically male G spot decoded with Brad Meltzer that I'm referencing. Yeah. So there's like this. It's like I don't know. This guy is like some sort of survivalist. So he's like I don't know. Like a, oh yeah, he's like yeah. a Jewish Indiana Jones. I guess is like his deal. And so he uh, he shows this. You know, they have like. They have like a mock village that they built to like show life during Utsi's time, um, which they called it. What did they call it? Utsiberg or something like that. I don't know. It's very funny. Um, anyway. Utsiland. Utsiland. Yeah. This Ride is... the sable tooth tiger. <laughs> but it's supposed to show like copper age life. Okay. But that's uh, kind of neat. The guy, the host of the show, I think his name's Josh Bernstein. Mm-hmm. He he goes to they, they have this monument um, like at this point in human history. Things were like there was a lot of animism and like worship of natural forces in terms of religion, but there was also a lot of ancestor worship, very Ooh. common. And so there's this big stone. Was there ass worship though? There was ass. I mean, that's a central part of human history and society. <laughs> ass worship. Uh, we've all ridden a Ferris wheel and fingered our own assholes. Like, <laughs> I'm not a weirdo here. This is just nature to human beings. Uh, it's just nature. But he sh- they have this big stone monument, and what it's supposed to depict is like a person who was either a tribal leader or somebody worthy of respect. They're worship like this is kind of like Moai statues, right? Like yeah, worship yeah, of yeah, the yeah, ancestors, yeah. and that's what this is. This is okay. this big stone monument. Fair enough. But why why it's important is he's got a replica of Utsi's axe. He does. There's a guy that's in the area who does basically like recreations of ancient technology and stuff. So he uses the same type of techniques and things to reconstruct what ancient people would have used. So he like built a replica of Utsi's arrows and Utsi's bow, and he has a replica of Utsi's copper axe. Bernstein takes the axe because there's designs on the, the, the statue. The axe like fits perfectly into one of the shapes that's supposed to be an axe. Like, this axe is shaped exactly the same way as the axe that they carved hmm. onto this stone. It's a very old stone. Like it's not like they did this as a recreation. This is like an actual ancestor worship totem type of deal. Okay, well, fair enough. So to me, that kind of makes me think like, hey, which by the way, that History Channel show, that might be the one that Erica was watching when she decided to suggest this episode. Wow. Possible. But the, my point with the whole axe thing is like, the axe might have been part of the respect aspect. Mm-hmm. So that's why they wouldn't have taken it with them because this is like a symbol of respect. Like this is a part of like Utsi in the afterlife. I mean, you're between you and me. I mean, you would have taken it. I would have taken that axe. I mean, you can tell these were early Italians because no modern Italians <laughs> would have left that axe behind. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Maybe they were Austrians. <laughs> these are more Austrian people, obviously. I'm digging that fucking axe. The tribe needs that axe. If it was that Utsi, because Utsi is uh, Sardinian uh, or Corsican, mm-hmm. Utsi would have stolen it for sure from somebody else. Yeah. But these other people, they were probably more like Austrian. So it's better for the tribe. Yeah. He doesn't need it. All for the family. We need it. How are we going to defend ourselves from the non-Utsi loyalists that are attacking us all the time? I mean, smelt some more copper. 
It's Tuscan copper. It's expensive. Melt it. Smelt it. You can smell your own copper. You know how many copper. bear pelt hats I had to get for that fucking thing? They're taking ores out of the Alps. They're smelting Jeez. alpine ores. Oh. You could smelt ore in the Alps. This guy's always around coal fire. Yeah, just always constantly around open fires. Hey, those are our verdicts. Those were our verdicts today on Ootsie the Iceman. Let us know what you think about Ootsie. You can tell us about it using the hashtag... Ootsie Poopsie. Ootsie Poopsie. Use the hashtag Ootsie Poopsie. Or Dat Axe. Or Dat Axe. Your choice, beefers. Get at us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at MrBunkerPod. You can email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash whatever. Yeah. Just, go- just search for just Mr. Bunkers, Conspiracy Time, and you'll find us. Um, you can, uh, you could get in the Discord um, it'll only cost you a buck a month, but hey, for only five dollars a month, if you have the means to do so and you feel so inclined, think about going to patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod, becoming a patron of this show. For just that little bitty five bucks a month, you'll get access to our Discord. You'll get access to hundreds of thousands of hours of behind the scenes exclusive Patreon only content that you can only find on patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. You'll get uh, early access to Art Nice medical records. Every time we go to the doctor, we post our medical records. Um, you'll get early access to that stuff. Before and go vote! Show. And go vote. Everybody, go vote, vote or die. www.mrbunkersconspiracytime.com forward slash vote. Vote for your top five episodes of 2022. Let's make sure those top five ones that you guys love get mentioned on the recap. Bunk the vote. Bunk the, Bunk the vote. vote. Bunk the vote. Um, so get out there and bunk the vote. Uh, we want to see you all at the polls. Uh, polls will be open from right now until whenever you're listening to this. And for dancing. And for dancing. We want to see you dance. We want to send us your sexy strip routines along with your teeth. They're and not going to be open for long either. They might only be open like another week. So, so hurry we up did a really bad job of, of figuring out how this, to post this. But don't don't blame us. Don't blame, blame us. We're Blame we're, technology. We're infallible. Um, if this was the copper age, we would have been fine and everything would be good. Right. But it's not. It's the modern age and it sucks ass. So, um, get out there, bunk the vote, send us your stripper videos, send us your teeth. We need all that stuff uh, to help us get through the days. Uh, Beefers, thanks for joining us. That was our show today. Art, right, you got any last thoughts, any parting shots for the Boink Bunkers? Uh, bunk Bunkers, um, you know, if you just just know that if we're ever attacked in any way, shape, or form, we're going to expect that you all back us up and bury me and Andy in a very ceremonial way. Um, but, you know, you know, for me, I would, I would not like it if you would take my ceremonial axes. Um, but I do think that those are going to be better for the bunk funkers out there and, um, you know, better for the bunk tribe. Mm-hmm. If they take our ceremonial axes and our different cool weapons and armors that we're going to have in this battle. Um, but please, you know, make sure that you bury Andy and I together. Don't put us in a weird position when you bury us. No, we don't need to be 69 through all of eternity. No, that's very uncomfortable for us. Make us do something cool. We're like doing a cool handshake or a cool move or like touching tips or something badass. Right. Don't make, don't make it look like Art's fucking me in the butt for all of eternity. You know, it'd be really cool is if you could set us up like two Calvins and we're pissing on the same rock. That would be a cool way to set us up. Yeah. For the afterlife, eternally pissing on a rock. Yeah. And if you like those bumper like stickers, bikini chicks, bikini chick. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that case, you know, you can have our cool ceremonial axes. But know that if you do not bury us in a cool, badass way, we will come back and haunt you. <laughs> we will come back and haunt you. And curse you. And curse you. 
those are our promises to you. So mm-hmm. Vote or get cursed. Those are your only <laughs> options here. Uh, that is a threat, a uh, credible threat. We are going to curse you. Uh, we do have the ability to do that. So FBI, please stop listening to this podcast. Um, so Beavers, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us uh, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my former co-host, Art Stone, this is Andy Hart saying that was the whole enchilada. Ootsie, curse you, Ootsie. See. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 